Good morning. Good to see each and every one of you this morning. You're here on the last day of 2023. Can you believe it? You realize today is it, don't you? That's why you came to church, to be in church the last day, and that's a great place to come to. And, uh, you, you know, you kind of wonder uh, when you find out you're going to preach if anybody's going to be here. I don't know. I, at least I have those thoughts. I'm sure Pastor never has those thoughts, but I have those thoughts at times. But take your Bible, if you would, and turn to the New Testament, the second book from the back. Uh, not Revelation, but right before it is the book of Jude. And it's a small book. Aren't you thankful for that? That means we will, won't be in there very long. Right? That's a matter of perspective. <laughs> what is long? But uh, it's a short book, and so prayerfully we get something from it. And it won't be short-lived, and it won't be a short thought, but it'll be a short um, book that we look at, and we'll stay majority of the time in this book today. I hope you'll gather some things from it. I'm asking the Lord to do a work in my heart, do a work in all of our hearts, and I want to just take a moment just to thank Open Bible for their kindness to my family over the Christmas holidays especially, and I know our pastor would have the same sentiment if he was here, and he's, it would be away for a little while. I'm thankful for the privilege and opportunity to preach this morning, any opportunity to open up the Word of God is a great and grand opportunity. And I don't take it lightly, and I appreciate uh, the offer and the, being able to do this. Um, so look forward to just a couple weeks from now, my family and I, we celebrate being here 10 years. And so we're just so thankful that we've been here at this church, and uh, just so thankful for this church and what God has done, and uh, just looking forward to what God's going to do in 2024. So this Wednesday, my wife's going to be in shock, but this Wednesday is our anniversary, and I remember. <laughs> so, not that I had to look at a calendar, but I, I remember. So, anyways, now I have tall orders to see what I got to come up with for Wednesday. But Jude, book of Jude, verse 20. Would you look at verse 20 with me? If you're in chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, you're in the wrong book. <laughs> Jude, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Very common verse. We heard it. We probably know it by heart. And if some have compassion, making a difference. And others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. And can you say this with me? Amen. It's a wonderful place to see what God is doing and how God is so powerful. Glory and majesty, dominion are his. Wise God, isn't he? Christmas time. Hopefully you opened up some presents. Hopefully you gave some presents. And uh, you had a time of packages that were open. And we're blessed, aren't we? Just to be in, in America, we're blessed to even uh, have such a holiday. And obviously it's more than just a holiday. We celebrate Christ in Christmas. Hope you said the word Christmas as many times as you could. And forget this whole happy holidays and Merry Xmas stuff and all that. But we won't go there this morning. But the thing of it is, we're so blessed, and some of the blessings that we've been able to have is packages that were open, and maybe you gave and you, and you, and you gave to others that you loved and cared about, but they're different shapes and sizes, aren't they? 
that you opened up. How many of you have had a fun time? Just be honest with me this morning. It's okay. You need to be honest in church anyways. Uh, how many of you know this, that uh, you have maybe wrapped a package that is a big package, and then you put a smaller package inside a big package, inside a smaller package, and you're those type of people that do that to us. Yes, okay, right. And so there, there, that, that happens, and, and right, we get into, sometimes we say the smallest packages can be the best packages. Ladies, jewelry, right? Uh, maybe for us guys, some AirPods or whatever, um, and cologne or these kind of things. I mean, on and on the list goes, but growing up, I remember my mom worked very hard at trying to disguise the Christmas packages, and maybe you're like that, and maybe you just came through that, and maybe you're able to guess what's in the package, and as you felt it or as you uh, started to unwrap it, and you figured it out, and the mom couldn't stand it. I always could figure it out before I had it opened, but it's pretty easy to guess ties and socks and these kind of things. But uh, the thing of it is that we unwrap boxes and we unwrap different things, and the best things sometimes do come in small packages. And I will say this this morning, Jude is like that. The book of Jude has only 25 verses, as you see, but uh, the thing of it is, there, this is powerful, and there's something that is here for us today, and there's some good things in this, cha- in this chapter and in this book of the Bible. This book of Jude is kind of like the small packages, 25 verses, yet one of the best things, I believe, and God had it in His sovereignty and in mind today, and even for us, in the Word of God to read, one of the best things that can happen in our life can come from this book. And we'll see that this morning. I pray that's the case. And so when you get into a package, you, you get into a package and oftentimes it's a brand new item. Hopefully it's not a rewrapped, you know, one of those gifts that were re-given. It's not white elephant. But the thing of it is, there's instructions that come with it. There's maybe some steps to take before operating. There's some guidance that needs to be given. Sometimes, have you noticed this on a new item? There's some warnings that are actually applied. You want to make sure you, you read those warnings or maybe even an item that says you need to charge it up for so many hours before use and uh, instructions on how to properly use the item. Most of the time in this stash of papers as you're opening up an item that's new and you see the instructions in those stash of papers, you do see oftentimes maybe hanging from it is a warning label. And a warning label has come as a result of someone else trying to improperly use that item. Thank you, people, that did that. Let me show you a few this morning. I hope these guys are able to follow along with me. Nitol, one a night, clinically proven nighttime sleep aid. Label may cause drowsiness. Okay. Yeah. Next one. This is an earpiece, a jabber. Drive and talk, but never talk while driving. How are you supposed to use that? The next one. Danger, and I don't know who did this, and they're in trouble. Do not hold the wrong end of a chainsaw. So, thankfully, that's not somebody's real uh, picture. Now, I will say, I admit that I I needed this, and and I've tried this before. But the iron label, do not iron clothes on body. Yeah, that that happens at times. So, and then the next one here, uh, this is instructions for use, do not use while sleeping. Somebody did that. They had to put that on there because somebody tried to do that. Blowtorch label, contents may catch fire, you think? Okay. And I think the last one, I believe, 
is this. This is a simple letter opener, but it says safety goggles recommended. <laughs> Why in the world? I don't know. Oh, that's, that's right. This is the best one, I think. This costume does not enable flight or super strength. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. But somebody needed those labels because somebody's trying it, using the item improperly. And so Jude is going to start off with some things that are done improperly. And this book is is written, and he speaks very humbly about himself. And in verse 1, you notice it says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Now, he could have said this. He could have spoken to being a half-brother of Jesus, but he humbly didn't even say anything about that. He could have said, I'm the relative. You know, I'm in the family. No, he didn't do that. He He doesn't do that. He says he's the servant of God. And so that's a good way to start. He's humbly introducing himself because that's what he just wants to be known by is what he wants to do in his life. That's a great place to start. But he's expecting us to take some things that he's written very seriously. Notice, please, you've got to know who it's written to. Would you look at verse 3, verse 17, and verse 20? And you'll see these same words. It's the word beloved. I had a choir uh, teacher that... As we were at college, and we sang in the choir, my wife and I, and, and so he would say, use your lips, beloved. And he would always use that word beloved. But you know what word beloved means? It means loved by God. You know this morning, you're loved by God. And that's an everlasting love. And it's the greatest thing in the world to be loved by God. In 1 John 4.19, it says, we love Him because He first loved us. Think about it. Everlasting love. That's a love unlike any other love. In Jeremiah 31, he spoke to this. He says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with thy loving kindness have I drawn thee. You're reminded of draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. But wait a second. Jesus loved you way before you ever drew to him. And way way before, for God so loved the world. And Judas is written to the Beloved. And you find that in verse 17, But beloved, remember the words which were spoken before the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 20. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. He also categorizes not only beloved, but also the word sanctified in verse 1. So he's written to beloved, it's written to the sanctified. Notice please, it says this in verse 1, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother James, to them... It's almost as if to, from, it's to them that are sanctified. I hope you know what sanctified means. It means set apart from the world to God. And by the way, it's not just from the world, it's to God. Notice who helps us with this, and I'm thankful that he does. It says this in verse 1, this is all right here in Scripture. It says, to them that are sanctified by God the Father. You know who helps you to be sanctified? The closer you are with God, the more sanctified you're going to be. By God the Father. I'd say this, can I, can I mention this to you? We must involve Christ in all we do, in everything we do. It's so important. By the way, if you cannot involve Christ in what you're going to do, don't do it. Amen. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. You say, well, the Bible says, well, therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do. Yeah, it says do all to the glory of God. Didn't just stop there. Well, whether if you eat or drink, whatsoever you do. No, it says do all to the glory of God. Bringing Him honor and glory is so important in our lives. May God help us with that. 
Look, verse 1, we're preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, verse 2, love be not just added, but be multiplied. Definitely not subtracted, but to be multiplied in our life. And thank God that He shows us great mercy, great peace. Have you experienced God's mercy, God's peace? Sure you have. I have. You have. I know we have. You realize sanctified, one of the reasons that God has called you, has preserved you, has shown His mercy, has shown His peace, has shown His love to you, and then it's multiplied. One of the reasons God says you're sanctified, and Jude said, I'm writing to the beloved, I'm writing to the sanctified. The reason is this, that God wants in our lives to give Him the power, give Him the power to, get this, to deliver us from the sins in our life. That's what sanctified means. And we're going to trust God to help us deliver us from the sins of the past, the sins of the present, and, and to keep us from sinning in the future. You say, how can you not sin? Well, we're not going to be perfect, but we are to be sinning less. I know you're not going to be sinless, and neither am I going to be sinless. As a matter of fact, I'm far from it. But we are to be sinning less. We are to be striving for that. We are to be working to that. And so you know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, those that are sanctified, it comes from the Word of God. I wonder this morning, can we just stop for a moment? Can we ask this question? I asked this question to myself many times over before asking you this question. I asked myself this question again. How much am I in the Holy Bible so that I might be holy? The Word of God. See, you cannot be spiritual without being scriptural. It's impossible, you see there on the screen, to live a holy life apart from the Bible. Can't do it. You say, well, I'm trying, I'm working. Well, how much are you and I in the Word of God? That's where we, that's where we must begin. That's where it all starts. Joshua says, sanctify yourselves. In other words, be holy. Live holy on purpose. You know, a standard of holy living comes from those who are going to be closest to God. I know this is not a common day that we live in to hear this kind of preaching. But there's the idea of a holy God. But there's the idea as well that if we say we have a holy God, we're to live holy ourselves. Amen. And holiness is to be exemplified in our life. How does that happen? How does that take place? As a matter of fact, the Bible says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. You cannot leave holiness behind. Oh, I want to be free in Christ. Well, Christ is holy. So be free in Christ to be holy. So much so that that's the God we have. Man, I'm so thankful that God is holy. So thankful for His love. So thankful for His peace, His mercy multiplied. So thankful I'm sanctified and called. And so thankful I get to be a servant of Jesus Christ. But He says, Beloved, beloved, this is for us, beloved. Myself very much included. Be holy, sanctified. See, freedom in Christ is never meant to discourage holiness. No. Look at this, verse 3. This is needful. Verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, you notice these words that says, It was needful for me to write unto you. You know, what Jude is writing, he's not just taking his 
pen and, and the paper and, the, and scribing and, and, and going with it, just words that just come to him. No, this is on the inspiration of God. This is something that God has in mind for us to read today and for us to take notice and for us to see that this is needful. In other words, this is required, this is needed for everyone at every stage and every age and, and every, every person of life. And so this is, this is something for us, for you, for me. It's needed, it's required. What's required? What are you talking about, Jude? Well, notice it says this, it says, this is needful for me to write unto you and exhort you. In other words, encourage you. Plead, beg, encourage, persuade, if I may, is what the word exhort means. To do what? That you, exhort you, that ye should earnestly contend for the faith, which is once delivered unto the saints. That you and that ye. And this is where the title comes from. You can do this, and so can I. And we can do this with God's help. If we'll be willing to do this, and so what we see today and this morning as we dig a little deeper, as we go down through some of the Scripture and verse by verse and line by line and precept upon precept, and as we build into this, there's something that's common. Verse 3, notice please, common salvation. I'm so thankful for that. But because we have a common salvation, we are to be also with that as a package, we are to be earnestly contending for the faith. One with the other, it, they, they go together. And to contend, is, it's serious. It's a serious stand. It's stand for what we find in the Word of God to be true. It's not what you think, what I think. No, what does God have to say about it? What does God's Word mean? What is it God's Word really talking about? And you know what? I believe it enough to follow it. I believe it enough to say, if God knows and God said it, He knows way more than I do. He, he knew that that needed to be written. He knew that that was for my life. He knew that I need to follow that as best as I possibly can. And with God's help, I can do it. The Bible says, for without me, you can do nothing. And I need God to help me. A.W. Tozer said, There is scarcely anything so dull and meaningless as Bible doctrine just taught for its own sake. Truth divorced, get this, Truth, divorced from life, is not truth in its biblical sense, but something else and something less. I repeat that. Truth, divorced from life, is not truth in its biblical sense, but something else and something less. In essence, what, what's being said is the doctrine that we have is to affect our behavior. What you and I truly value, we protect. See, how do we contend for the faith? How do we protect the faith? Well, look, verse 3. Would you notice these words? It says in verse 3, as it goes on, it says, Exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto who? The saints. I'm so thankful today that there's been a delivery made. I know Brother Dave down here, he, he made probably many, many deliveries in postal service over the last month or so, especially in UPS and FedEx. I thank God I don't work for them anymore especially around this time of year. And a dear friend of mine, uh, I don't see him here today, but he, he's, he was able to retire before the holiday. And that's a good time to be able to retire from being in UPS. There's been a delivery made. There's been a delivery made. It was once delivered unto us. Notice it says, once delivered unto the saints. 
You realize what has been delivered to us is already good enough for us today? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the same truth of yesterday is good for today. I'm talking about what's delivered was needed. Not a new faith, not a new belief, not a new way of life. No, it's already been tested, it's been tried, it's been proven. It's still good, it still works to those who work it. No change is needed. I want to ask you this, if if we don't stand for the Word of God and what God's Word says, who's going to? Who will? Dear Christian, it's important. Man, I want to go into 2024 and thinking, God, use me to make a difference in somebody's life, but i got to have a stand in the Word of God. i got to contend for the faith. i got to make sure. And this is not being contentious. This is not, you know, causing trouble. But our life ought to bring conviction to somebody. And our life ought to bring conviction to a lost world. And there ought to be a difference with us. And our life ought to be separate from the world. And so much bought into Christ that we love Him, that we do everything for Him, all that we can. See, it's once delivered. You know this, you and I owe a debt to those people who delivered it. You and I owe a debt to the people who have stood for truth. And by the way, it's not meant to be squandered or just given away. Here you go. It's okay. No, the, the greatest one we owe it to is Christ. And He delivered it to us. Second Timothy 3, would you listen to these verses, verse 14 and 16, it says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. Do you know this? That what we contend for is going to be left for the next generations. And what we don't contend for, they don't even know anything about it. They're not going to receive it. They're not going to get it. They're not going to know anything with it. You know, church and God's people, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. Do you know this? Do you personally know that you have a responsibility to declare and to proclaim God's truth? How are we doing with that? Church, well, number one, there's a warning label. There's a warning label. And Jude is going to say, take notice of these warnings. Don't learn the hard way on your own. Read the warning label and don't try to act it out. Don't grab the chainsaw on the wrong end. Don't, don't, you know, not realize that it's going to catch fire as a blowtorch. But he's, he's, he's covering a lot more important than those kind of items. Look at what he looks at and he says this is a warning label. Verse 4, he says this, There are certain men crept in unawares. Crept in unawares. Before you even realize it, before you even know it. They were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into what? Lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a warning label. Crept in unawares, they're ungodly, the God's grace into the lasciviousness. What does that mean? We'll look at that in a moment. Deny God. But it's almost like this. It's almost you better read this warning label before you try to operate. Before you try to act. Before you try to live, before you try to take, take the item and put it into use, you better be careful, watch out for this, so you know how to operate it properly, how to operate your life properly. And they come in easily, beware. You, you think they don't come in to creep in among believers? Well, you're fooled. They come in anywhere. What are the warnings? What, what creeps in unawares? 
Well, it's all down through verse 4, down through pretty much verse 16. And it shows us really the opposite of godliness is worldliness. That's what it shows us. Verse 4, the grace of God into lasciviousness. What does that mean? Well, you do whatever you feel like, and it's okay, and not see evil as evil, and sin's not sin any longer, and wrong's not wrong any longer. Don't you know we live in 2023, and 2024 is going to be better? With what? Being more like God, or more like the world? Less sin in our life, more sin in our life. Not see evil as evil, sin as sin, wrong as wrong, going with carnal. You know the problem with that is? It abuses and uses the grace of God. That's what it does. You're going against the grace of God in your life. My life. Well, we're free to do this and you fill in the blank. You know what we're free to do? You're free to do only what Christ desires of you. That's what we're free to do. You know what you're free to do? You know what I'm free to do? I should be free to do whatever lines up with the Word of God. But i got to know what lines up with the Word of God. i got to be in the Word of God. i got to know what it means and not take it out of context. And I, I better really study it and I better make sure that I'm very careful how I handle the Word of God and at least get in the Word of God and at least be willing to live the Word of God. And I better be careful how I present myself as a Christian, Christ-like. See, freedom in Christ is not freedom to live as you please. It is, li- it is living to please Christ. Amen. That's what it is. Amen. Man, we've got this all messed up, and we've got this mixed up, and turning the grace of God into lasciviousness is, is a serious matter, and you better watch out. I better watch out. Warning. Warning. The warning label. See, You know what you're saying? You're saying the sins that Christ died for and what He did on that cross was not enough. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Man, that's that's dangerous. Because I want to see God work in my life in such a way, and I'm asking God to help me with this, that I continually be working to remove the sins that are in my life that Christ died for. It was worthy of Him dying for them. It's, it's, it's worthy of me putting some effort, putting some time in to removing that sin and maybe a stumbling block to someone else or causing my brother to be weak or, or whatever it might be. I had to be careful. Warning. Because I'm not the only one that's going to handle this product. I'm not the only one that's going to need to have the proper use take place of it. And I don't want to be that person that created that warning label. Are you with me this morning? Verse 5. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Man, you think God's not serious? Oh, God's serious. We've got to watch out for this. Look, verse 6 and 7, the carnality of going our own way. He uses even the angels, he said, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness and the judgment of the great day. Notice, you're familiar with the story, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. It's no good. Warning, it's no good. Verse 8, filthy dreamers defiled the flesh, 
despise dominion, speak evil of dignities. No one tell me what to do, and it's okay if I talk bad about the authority that God's put in my life. Well, warning, watch out. Filthy dreamers are just kind of condone what's commonplace now, no big deal. It's a lack of God's Word in their life. That's what it is. It's a lack of God's Word in our life. See, when we become illiterate to the Bible, then the return, the result, sometimes have to kick it back to the manufacturer. Sometimes, you know, this item didn't turn out as good as we thought it would. And so there's a recall. This is what happens we become illiterate with the Bible, then the return, the result on that is no guide, no standard, no moral guide. What we never thought would happen now happens. What, we, what the world we thought we'd never live in, now we live in that world. And so we're okay with it. That's not good. God speaks in Romans and says, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You say, well, that's not me. Well, look, it says, it's easy to happen. It can creep in so quickly and unaware. We defile the, we defile the flesh. We despise dominion. We speak evil of dignities. And notice it says in verse 16, these are murmurers, complainers. Should we stop there? All of us could say we've done that. Walking after their own lusts, and in their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's person in admiration because of advantage. They're motivated by their approval of men, not truth, not God. What do they think? Not what does God think? It's, you know this, it's, what we would say it's religion without relationship. It's in essence, we can talk about God and religion, but not really even know God or know God well at all. So consumed with the natural way. Notice verse 10. Would you bump back there with me? Verse 10. They speak evil of those things which they know not. You know why they don't know them? Because they're so consumed with the natural way. You know who reveals things to us by the Spirit? The Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, He's our teacher. He's our guide. That's the spiritual way, but it doesn't happen the natural way. The natural way, you think you know what you, what you think you know, and I know, and I know there's no way that I don't know. Well, you, you don't know it. No, it says, you know not. They speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. What a bad state to be in. We've got to be oh so careful. There's a warning we've got to watch out for. It's silently, it's sneaky, it creeps in. You say, this is about the apostate. It's not a, this is not to be a child of God. You're exactly right. This is to not be the description, the definition of a child of God. I wonder this morning, should we stop right now? Should I... Should we have an altar call? Should I, should I be the first at the altar call? Murmur or complainer? Negative thinking. Griping. Moaning. 
Not, no, not me. I'm not a filthy dreamer. I don't defile the flesh. I don't talk bad about authority in God's place in my life. By the way, you cannot treat the authority in your life wrong and be right with God. You just can't. I know we think that's not common, but that is, that is something that can happen. Look at verse 11. It's the way of Cain. What's the way of Cain? Well, it's his way, not God's way. Verse 11, Balaam for reward. Well, I got to promote myself and I got to get reward and I got to get what I can get while I can get it while I can get it. And now it's time. Matter of fact, I should have had it yesterday. Well, Balaam for reward. Perished in the gainsaying of core. It's rebelling against authority. And look at verse 12, verse 13. These are spots in your feast of charity. They're spots. In the feast of charity, charity, love. 1 Corinthians 13, charity. Tells us the description of charity. Well, these are spots in the feast of that. It's no good. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, Wandering stars to whom is reserved in the blackness of darkness forever. You know what this is? This is appearance without substance. This is appearance. Look good. But what's my heart look like? See, man looks on the outward appearance, but what does God look at? He looks at the heart. This is important that we see that, and notice this in verse 14 and 15, it says, Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. Boy, now we understand something. We understand who's coming. The Lord is coming. Where all wrongs will be made right. And he is coming. You know, I'm thankful that we know that Jesus is coming back again, aren't you? But you know, it's, it's not as much about the second coming. It's the person who's coming in the second coming. And so thank God that he's coming back one day. And when he does, all wrongs will be made right. And those who are really saved will, will go to see him. Those who are not will be left. And notice verse 17 and 19, it talks a little bit about this. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then jump down with me to verse 19, if you would. These be, the, these be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the Spirit. In essence, the Holy Spirit is not at work in their life. They don't even have the Spirit. They're mockers. They make fun of right. They're okay with wrong. No big deal. They're after the flesh, the sensual ways, the natural way. They're after their own lust but they don't even have the Spirit and the Spirit of God warning, Christian, believer, don't be a part of it. Don't have anything to do for it. As a matter of fact, it's going to creep in if you're not careful before you know it and not even realize it. It's so sneaky, it's so silent, it's so deadly. Anytime, place. But there's something you and I can do. Thank God it doesn't end there, aren't you? I'm thankful the message is not over. And uh, maybe you're ready for the message to be over. I'm not sure. But uh, the thing of it is, verse 20 says this, But ye beloved, but ye beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. This is what you and I can do. And you and I can do this. And this can be done. 
And this is what we can do, verse 20 and verse 21 especially. There's some features to this. Around Christmas time, my, my youngest daughters, they, they opened up a gift. And I don't know if you know what this is. Some of the girls will probably recognize this. They're called Polly Pockets. And they open up a Polly Pocket. And one got one and the other got the other so they can share, share them at times where they're in the mood to share. <laughs> and the, the Polly Pockets opened up and they, they started playing with it. And they were into it for a realize. And I went about my way and did my, did my thing. And later on in the day, they came running to Dad and said, Dad, you won't believe it, you won't believe it. These things light up. We found where the, there's a place for the batteries to go in, and these actually light up. It was a hidden feature. They didn't realize, and I didn't even know it when we bought it, that that even had it, and maybe that's why we paid what we paid for it. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's a feature. Can I tell you this morning, these are the features that we're to have in our life. First one, the feature number one, is to build up yourselves in your most holy faith. Build up yourselves. You know, this starts with you, the consumer. You and I are the consumer. It starts with the consumer. And so, as a consumer, what are we to, what are we to have as a feature? What kind of product are we putting out in our life? Is God being seen? Well, the way to do that is to build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Build up on your most holy faith. It does not just say, build up yourself. Because if it would be built up ourselves, then we would have an element of pride already trying to creep in. And that would eventually feed right into that. But it says, build up ourselves on what? Our most holy faith. What is that talking about? Verse 17 kind of gives us a hint to that. Remember ye the words which were spoken before. The Word of God. Build your holy faith through the Word of God. So then the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Build up through His words. I want to ask you this morning, this year as we go into a new year, I understand this is the last day of 2023, but as you go into this new year, do you have any plans to really be in God's Word more this year? Have you started the, the schedule? Are you, are you doing anything to make sure that there's growth happening in your life in a spiritual way, in such a way that the Word of God is going to be more evident and more predominant and more into it, and it's going to become prevalent in my life? As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, do you still have that desire? Are you still wanting it? Well, if you want to grow, grow thereby. You realize what the Word of God can do? The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Man, that's what I want in my life. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You know what's going to happen? How it's going to take place? Well, more to be desired than gold. Yea, the much fine gold. Sweeter. I love honey but sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. There's that word warned. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. You know, something miraculous happens if we really go to the Word of God and live by the Word of God. Our faith takes a new level. Our faith takes a new height. It takes more depth. And the apostle said, hey, Lord, would you increase our faith? Have you asked God that recently? 
Well, I came to stopping in my study. Lord, I don't know the last time I asked you to increase my faith. By the way, that's a tall ask. You better, you know, it's not something to mess around with what you ask God. Lord, increase our faith, but it's worth it. It's worth it. That is if you want your faith increased. Are you good with just where you're at? Are you okay with just the level you're at? Well, that's not going to make a difference in this world. It's just not. Not to the degree that God wants. So secondly, praying in the Holy Ghost. Notice it says praying in the Holy Ghost. It, it doesn't just say to pray, although we need to pray. It says praying in the Holy Ghost. Do we really wholeheartedly believe, James 5, 16, that confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do we really believe that God can make a difference in our world and our life? Do we really believe that if we did, we would pray? Do you know your prayers have eternal impact? I mean, it's a wonderful, beautiful, miraculous thing to know that I right now could stop and talk to my Heavenly Father and ask Him as He wills what His will is. And we can touch heaven's portals. We can go into that prayer of intercession with Him. And we don't have to have anything in between. That is, if we don't have anything in between from our sin, our life, but I get to talk to the God of all gods. You know, when you touch heaven, peace comes to your heart. When you, when you talk to God and reach heaven, power is yours. New solution to the most serious problem is, is yours and answered. Loneliness is gone. How do you talk to God and still remain lonely? Can't do it. That'll help someone today. That'll help somebody today that doesn't have somebody. Fear is dispelled. New vision is given. New determination to glorify God is imparted. I mean, do we really believe that we're to cast all our care upon Him for He careth for you? Do we really believe that we're to cast thy burden upon the Lord and He shall sustain thee? He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Do we believe, Philippians 4, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Do we believe, Luke 18, where men are always to pray and not faint, that we're to pray without ceasing? You and I could do this. We can do it. It can be done to those who want to do it. And I, I want by God's grace and God's help to do this. And you and I can do this. Come boldly into the throne of grace who may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, there's some things that if I'm not careful, I've got to make sure that I, I want to pray in the Holy Ghost and so I can't have sin in my heart. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord's not going to hear me. I can't be selfish with my prayers. I've got to be careful about that because God's not impressed with my selfish request and the lust of my flesh or, or to glorify myself or to say, God, let me tell you all about what I am on here on this earth. Nope, that doesn't work. He's the one that provides and without Him we can do nothing. You can't go to God and be spiteful with your prayer. Those prayers don't reach heaven. Those prayers don't get to, get to God very well at all and try to get even to God about somebody else or, or, or to, to maybe get ahead of somebody else. Or No, God died for them and loves them just as He loves you and died for them and is willing to accept the fact that if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And it's not a matter that a spiteful prayer, selfish prayer, sinful prayer is going to reach heaven. So don't even try. 
Because we're to bless them that curse us and pray for them which despitefully use us. We're to love one another as I have loved you, he said. I don't know if you've tried this, but you cannot, you cannot treat people wrong if you're really praying for them. Can't do it. And we must pray for souls and unsaved and the work of Christ and God's will and future and protection and family and friends. We've got to pray in the Holy Ghost. When's the last time you said, God, give me Holy Spirit power? God, give me Holy Spirit power. When's the last time you involved the Holy Spirit in your prayer? He's to be included in our prayers. And the last two features of this were to keep ourselves in love of God. I'm so thankful that we don't have to keep ourselves in God's love. This is what this means. No, God's love is everlasting. It's not as if, well, I've got to stay, stay in God's love today. I, I'm still staying in God's love. I remain in God's love. I'm, I'm remaining there. No, God's love is everlasting and enduring forever. And it, He loved us before we ever knew what even love was. And we are so loved that He gave. God is love. This is what it means. We're to dwell on God's love and how great God's love is. And to think about it. And to talk about it. And to think, God, you love me. Me? I don't deserve it. And to thank God for it. And then you know what it does? It starts to make you almost start to think about, I can't wait till He comes back. And I can't wait. I'm gonna, actually, the last one, verse four, or feature four, all these features are to be a part of our life. It, then we look for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and we're truly ready for His return and we look forward to the day. So come, Lord Jesus, because I'm ready for You, Jesus. I'm ready and I'm living a life that's built up on holy faith. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm keeping in the love of God in my mind and my heart. I'm thanking You for it. I'm, I'm waiting, waiting for Your mercy and I'm, I'm winning souls to Christ in verse 22 and 23 and I'm resting on Your power in verse 24. and I, I'm doing all this, God, for your majesty, dominion, honor, glory, and your power to be shown in my life. And so you know what happens, lastly? Proper usage. Not only are we looking for Jesus, but we're on the next point, guys. Proper usage. And then, you know, this is the proper usage. You want to use the item properly. You want to be used. Not that you and I are items. We are tools and in His tool belt, we can be used of God. We are mouthpieces for Him. And if we don't, God's going to use somebody else. But I want to be what the Bible says in verse 22, and some have compassion, making a difference. Do you see that verse? Verse 22. This is operating according to God's plan. See, when these other features are right in our life, then we want to make a difference in someone else's life. We want to have a God difference in someone's life. We, we know that someone else needs to be encouraged and cheered on this year. There are people in this world today, don't you know this to be true? That they're longing, they're desiring, they're almost begging, they're almost pleading for, the, for them to have someone to care for them. Someone. And they're in need of God influence on their life. They're in need of you and I on their life. They're in need of us to show them Christ. Us to get them back to Christ. Us to help them get closer to God. When I ask you this morning, whose life will God use you to draw them to Christ? Because verse 23 says this, Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Who will you and I be so compassionate about and some 
Some of us will. Some of us will do this. Will you be a part of the song? I'm asking you this morning. I'm, I'm pleading you. I'm exhorting you. Not only contend for the faith and watch out for the warnings and, and make sure you, you take, take notice of the label not to you know, become that label or, or have that label affect your life and go after the flesh and the lust of it and the natural way and not the spiritual way. But what I'm saying this morning is it all summed up in this. If we're going to really go about the features that are to be in our life, Praying the Holy Ghost, building up ourselves in the Holy Faith and looking for Jesus' return and be ready for His return and, and doing these things, then I just want someone else to be a part of that. And then it's going to affect me in such a way that we're going to be part of that some have compassion. Making a difference. Making a difference in someone's life. What if each one of us got just somebody in our sights and said this, I'm going to be... I'm going to be all I can be. I'm going to do all I can do to be godly, to be a spiritual influence to that person. Just that one. And it could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be somebody you don't even know yet. And don't take the easy road, whether it be my husband or my wife. No. Why don't you make it somebody that you can really impart into and you should already be doing that, husband. You should already be leading your family you know, man, you should be already, that should already be happening and some have compassion making a difference. It's going to cost you something. It's going to be inconvenient. It's going to take you out of your comfort zone. It's going to be out of your ordinary routine. It's not going to be your day routine. I, you know, one, another day went by. Well, who do we affect for God in that day? Who do we influence for Christ? You know what compassion does for you and I? It makes us Christ-like. That's what it does. What a difference will be made. Can I say this? You and I can do this. You and I can do it. I wonder who will. Who will make a difference? Some have compassion. Pray to God it's not the ones that are not building themselves up, that are not praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray to God that there's not people that have more compassion in the world than us as a Christian. Pray to God that it's not a matter that someone else will take notice of someone else before God gets to them, and they'll go the way of the world again, and the devil will get them again. Pray to God that we would say, this is serious, and I want to be used properly. And I'm going to take the warnings that are being given here, and I don't want anything to do with the natural way. I want to be spiritual in such a way that God help me, that it's not me, but Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And it's not, Jesus didn't say, follow other Christians. He said, follow me. And so, God help us with this. The only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and ever. Amen. for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.